0: The following podcast is intended for adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The Iron Realm
1: Chapter 25 The Fallen Holding the crown in his hands, Stockholm surveyed the aftermath of the Pixie Massacre. In the sputtering torchlight, he looked over to Iona. She was tending to her sister, Paola, who lay sleeping on the stone, her arms and legs splayed into an unnatural position. Iona dropped to her hands and knees, listening at Paola's chest for sounds of life. The dwarf looked to her expectantly. Iona nodded before working to remove her sister's backpack, weapons, and gear. Orson held a tiny pixie in his hands, and he worked delicately to remove the arrow from her. The small creature was lifeless now, peaceful, and in death, beautiful. The regret welled up in all of them for what had happened here, This had been a tragedy. In another time and place, their meeting may have been joyful. Not this time. Not this place. At last, Orson laid the pixies down along the edge of the floor. He honored their memory by laying one alongside the other with Melody's arm over her mate. With her small head against his shoulder. They could not be buried in the stone, but they would have at least this final moment. What have we done? said the elf. It was us or them, said Stockholm. You know that. They both looked to Paola, one of their own, who had, by the grace of the powers, survived. Stockholm held the crown in the light once more. The pale pink stone was unremarkable. The Pixies felt it was worth dying for, and it was a shame. Stockholm would have given it to them. Compared with the lives of others, what good was treasure? What good was treasure if it led only to death. Come on, he said, replacing the crown upon his head and going to Paola. Help me, he said, and the others lifted the girl onto his shoulders. With one hand behind her shoulder and the other behind her thigh, he found her to be very light. It was a long way back now, But for her, they would take it slow. The pixie's fate was sealed. But perhaps, with luck, they could yet save this one. I see that you have returned. That's good. We can use a strong arm and a sword. Spells and hard courage. Tell your maze master, have you yet journeyed to the Onyx Vault? I've placed some new treasures inside. Photos from the solitaire game that inspired the podcast and an overview of the Iron Realm rules on aging. Get them while you can, and if it is within your power, travelers of the maze, won't you tell your friends about the show? Won't you tell your friends? what has happened here. We need their strength for the cause, for your loyalty, and for all you've done on behalf of the show, my friends. I give my gratitude, which by the powers is eternal. And now... Let's rejoin the vanguard, Stockholm, Treya, Paola, Iona, Echo, and Orson as they fight their way back to the base camp and their allies. Iron Realm, copyright A. Lenzo, is an extreme reimagining of the fantasy setting, and can be found at theironrealm.com and theironrealm.blogspot.com. Tribal matter. It is 8.10, on the ninth day of Primaris. The Vanguard, consisting of Iona, Treya, Orson, Stockholm, Echo, and Paola, have had water, food, and sufficient rest for the day. However, they are suffering from the malady, and have a minus one in combat. Treya has memorized Aura against Evil, The group carries wounds from prior encounters, as follows. Echo, one out of five. Treya, two out of five. Stockholm, seven out of ten. The unconscious Paola is at negative one out of eight. Paola's gear is given to her sister, while temporarily, Stockholm's battle-axe is passed to Orson, allowing Stockholm to carry the girl across his shoulders. From here on, the group is slowed from 60 feet to 30. For although the dwarf is strong and the girl is not heavy, extra care is required to make their way successfully in the dark. In order to conserve their light, Echo cuts the torch before they proceed. They make their way north through the passage, having reached 516, the crossroads by 820. Roaming creatures check. There are none. A fortunate thing as the group pushes on. By nine o'clock, they depart to the painted totem's room. Yet at position 18, 11, which is 9.20 p.m., another roaming creature in the dark. The attacker is 90 feet away but it is coming from the same direction that the Vanguard must go. And, as the group passes through the crossroad ahead, they are confronted by a huge group, seven pit vipers, homing in on them according to their heat signature.
0: Don't let them fight you,
1: says Orson. Their fangs are death. Night. The profile of the male elf fighter wizard Kai. Kai is a wood elf, aged three hundred eleven, with white skin, green eyes, and blonde hair. He stands five foot four and weighs a hundred thirty five pounds. He has a Strength of 9, Dexterity 8, Constitution 7, Charisma 8, Intelligence 10, and Wisdom 10. Kai is level 1, with 5 life points. Kai's preferred armor is the Elven chain, coupled with protective rings. Kai's preferred weapon is the sword, and his homeland, the Iron Description Kai is fair of skin. He wears fine clothing if he can find it, and he dons armor and a shield only out of necessity. Kai is slight of build and is normally amiable, though he sometimes displays some caution when in the presence of non-elves. He favors the colors green and blue which can be found in his attire. Personality. Interested especially in magic, stories, and song, Kai seeks these eagerly in his travels. Kai believes that such knowledge must be recovered and preserved if the Elvish nation is to rise again, and he is deeply obsessed with every cultural finding he is able to possess. Kai has great pride in his race, though it is perverted to the point of prejudice. Kai prefers to use spells in combat rather than the sword, although necessity has required more of him. Despite his aversion, Kai fights relatively well, never shying away from battle. He is especially hateful towards goblinoids and beastmen whom he finds especially distasteful. The Elvish tribe Kai has been with Lilena and Orson for many, many years. Long ago, their group consisted of two males and two females. Orson was very close especially to the female named Alana to whom he was promised. After she died in the catacombs of peril, Kai blamed himself for he considered her to be a fine example of elven beauty and poise. Out of respect for her memory, Kai spent many long nights in conversation and consolation of Orson, who was especially traumatized at her passing. He watched with fascination and gratitude as well when he saw his brother's bond with Lulena become closer, for something about her manner seemed to appease the guilt that both of the males felt over Alana's untimely death three became very close-knit, a true family to one another, sharing everything. Elvin home. From youth, Kai has been fascinated with tales of the elvish homeland. As opportunities arose, he would research and question and search for any clue to its whereabouts. He and Orson and Lulena had no others, Living a nomadic existence, and so, over a period of years, they dedicated themselves to the search. As years went by, the sanctuary they had sought seemed to become more and more elusive, but this only fired Kai's resolve. Sharing stories with the new tribe, and especially Treya, has given him renewed hope of one day discovering that which was lost to his people. Current By good fortune, Kai, Orson, and Lilena have encountered the tribes of Solus and Bardar by whom they were accepted as allies. Though the elves have not found the safe region of the maze, for which they were hoping, they have instead found another of their own kind which they consider to be of paramount value. It is Kai's hope that love will grow within Treya, and that she may dedicate herself to them and to their dream. He feels that this is an eventual certainty, for indeed, do not all elves dream of trees and wish most deeply to be with their own
0: kind? LEGENDARY POWERS
1: There are many ways by which you, as a legendary power, may claim ranks of renown. The fifth path spread the word. Post word of the realm in a public space, such as a newspaper or local events board, or else in an online location, such as your blog, on Facebook, or mention the Iron Realm on your podcast. Earn five ranks of renown for a brief mention, or ten ranks of renown for a more in-depth review or discussion of the Iron Realm podcast. May the tale of the Iron Realm be known Far, and wide. I thank you for your support.
0: Down,
1: With the vanguard deep in the maze, we pause to rejoin the remainder of the tribe who waits for them at the base camp our account is begun at 2pm on the ninth day of primaris at the moss lichen room 40 across 14 down 42 across 19 down the wounded have the following life points Solus, 1 out of 8 Kana, 2 out of 4. Further, the entire group is heavy with the malady, which gives a minus 1 in combat. This group has had sufficient food, drink, and rest, while the memorized spells at hand are Kalana's Invisible Shield, Kai's Hovering Disc, ...and Lilena's sea magic. On the eighth day, the Vanguard returned at approximately 6 p.m. Yet tonight, on the ninth day, that is not to be. Ultimately, the group will begin to fear for them as the hour of eight approaches even allowing extra time for trouble, such a span will strike them as being very, very wrong. Yet prior to that time, there are roaming creatures checks to be made, for possibly the base camp will have troubles of their own. Dice rolls on the D6. No roaming creatures... During that span. So, as the hour of eight approaches, Solus and the others become very disturbed, and so then resolve to launch a search party. Kana, who has been struck the worst by the malady, and Solus, who has been weakened by his wounds, must stay behind under Bardar's protection. The rest of the tribe has prepared for the search choosing those members that can move with some speed. Although Solas protests at being left behind at first, Amazar quickly reprimands him for his desire to engage in such a
0: risky venture. If you should fall again, young Solis, says Amazar, then we shall have to drag your carcass back. Better for you to stay put and leave the leadership to me. Yes, sir, says Solas, respectfully. I know you'll find our friends and bring them safely back to us. That's a good lad, says Amazar. Save your strength, fighter. We shall have need of it another day. Lelena
1: passed her map and ink into Amazar's care, and the group studied it, reviewing the quickest route
0: to and from the Waterfall Cavern. There is only one likely path that they would have taken, says the wizard. Should we stick to that path, our chances of finding them are very good. And what if they didn't take that path? Says Tamek. What then? We shall consider that, little half-man, when and if it occurs. Following their examination of the map, Amazar leaves the
1: lantern in Bardar's care for his use while the rest of the group is away. The group may or may not leave at precisely 8 p.m., I will randomize this event with a single roll. If the d10 comes up a 1 or a 2, the group will have departed at 7.20. A 3 or a 4, 7.40. A 5 or a 6, 8 o'clock exactly. A 7 or an 8, 8 8.20. A 9 or a 10, 8.40. The roll. It has come up in 8. The group will depart at 8.20. As a final gesture of solidarity, Bardar passes his shield to Len. Don't worry about anything here, says Bardar. These two are completely safe under my charge. The halfling, Captain, salutes Len and the others, sealing the door behind them. With spikes as they take to the maze. The marching order has played out as follows. In the front, Kai and Temek. Right behind them, Len and Amazar. Bringing up the rear, Kailana and Lilena. Lilena, who is blind, is guided by the words of Kailana. In addition to her sword, Lilena also holds a torch because the group has a need to find any clue of their friend's whereabouts. They decide to take the risk of keeping the torch lit, for although it can attract the attention of roaming creatures, it may also reveal to them clues that may otherwise go unnoticed. Amazar has put some faith in Kana's vision and has designed a plan which may assist them should they indeed encounter a nest of snakes. He passes one flask of oil to each of his companions to be stored in
0: their belts. Should we have need of these, says Amazar, time will be of the essence. Do as I say, and I will bring you out alive." Feeling very sick, they steel themselves for the task.
1: Every ten minutes, the group will be able to move (coughs) sixty feet, based on their heaviest armor, which is chain. Roaming creatures checks, which are made more difficult by the source of light being shown. An hour or so has passed. It is approximately 9.20. The group is moving alongside room Number 7, the Goblin Refuse Pit. And indeed, the keen eyes of the elf Kai have spotted a trail of dried blood. There has been a battle here, says Kai. And yet, the group has barely paused For a closer look, when they suddenly hear the voice of Orson echoing through the hall. Don't let them bite you. Their fans are death. Kai points ahead, and the others, just in time, see the lengths of two long snakes slipping around the corner and quickly out of sight. Amazar motions them quick to round the corner. Now, the plan, he says. And as the group moves to 2311, they are confronted by the sight of seven pit vipers, suddenly caught in the torchlight. And opposite them, Stockholm, who is holding a girl on his shoulder while reaching for his Hammer and Orson and the others who are being threatened by the vicious vipers. Surprise round, the vanguard. Surprised, the pit vipers. Also surprised, the rescue party is not surprised, for indeed they were forewarned by the clues discovered in the tunnel. The vials says Amazar. No! The snakes are at nearly point-blank range, but rather than hit the snakes, the group is attempting to shatter the flasks in their midst upon the floor. The floor is considered to be armor value 10. The group would get a plus one for the short range, but also a minus one for the malady. A failure to hit, with any given flask. Simply indicates that the glass did not shatter. Each in turn, excepting Lilena, Kailana needs an 11. Failure. And Len, a 10. Success! Halflings actually get a bonus of 1, with any missile weapon. His roll, a 14. Another success. Two vials have shattered. Amazar, not so good with missile weapons, yet the point-blank range shall help him. A 19. He shatters the glass down with a vengeance. Kai is next. Only a 1. Kai fumbles the vial, which spins on the floor at his feet. Even so, 3 total vials have shattered, and a huge amount of oil has puddled across the 10-foot wide corridor of stone. The pit vipers, still surprised and trapped by the pincer between the vanguard and the rescue party, are totally within its range when Lulena moves forward, dragging the torch along the ground. The others step aside for her to pass and she does not fail them, igniting the oil into a burning sea of fire each of the pit vipers has two dice worth of life points i am calculating these totals now burning oil would normally do between one and eight points of damage however owing to the volume here i'm going to rule that for this first round only the burning oil We'll do 2d6 damage to each viper, making the rolls. Of the snakes, two of them are roasted alive by the fire. This will require a bravery check of the snakes. Their score is seven. Two dice. A nine, the pit vipers have failed the check. The vanguard, upon seeing the fire spring up, have each taken a couple of steps back, which makes space for the immensely fast vipers, still alight, to successfully flee the scene. This is a fortunate thing. For because the Pit Vipers each have two dice, any one is more than a match for any member of the group, and with a bite that is instant death, it is very likely that many of the group would not have survived. Due to their ability to always strike first in melee, each Pit Viper is worth more than the average two dice creature. 25 level points each for a total of 175 which is going into the level point pool. Although the fire is likely to continue to burn for a long time, Treya manages to fish the snakes out using her polearm. She spears each one through the neck, then one-handed holds the polearm behind her in order to carry the serpents back to the base camp. Indeed, by the time they return, this meal will have been thoroughly cooked. I have been your Maze Master, Abel Enzo. Remember, play hard or go home!
0: IRON Realm!
1: Good night, everyone.